Joe, it's Christmas, isn't it? It's going to be a great time. The snow is falling and people are singing Christmas carols. And I'm trying to think of what to get everybody for Christmas. And I think I have figured it out. Oh, really? Do tell. Yes. Well, I was thinking, I know so many people who love music and I know so many people who love movies. You love movies. I love music, for instance. So what if I got the people I love an album by a movie star? There are so many to choose from. I thought you said you loved me. I don't think at any point I said I loved you. Oh, Hello, and welcome to another fantabulous episode of the OST Party. This is a movie soundtrack podcast where movie fans and music fans get together and have a rockin' good time talking about all of our favorite movie soundtracks. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I will be your host for this evening. Here with me tonight, as always, is my lovely and belligerent co-host, Libby Cudmore. Libby, why did you do this to me? Because I have a secret affection for collecting these things, mostly to torture people. It's true. I'm fascinated by the idea that movie stars surrounded by yes men who don't know any better and who think they can do no wrong decide, yeah, I'm going to record an album. I think it's fascinating. And they're always terrible. They are, across the board, terrible. I hate this and I hate you and I hate this show that we're doing tonight. It's <laughs> You love me. <laughs> No joke, I listened to this entire playlist on my ride home tonight, and it got worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I actually played a lot of it for my husband, and he's like, why are you doing this? It's like, because it's <laughs> our 25th episode, so this is another of the On the Fives. And tonight, we are talking about uh, albums by movie stars. Hell yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my god, this is going to be a wild ride. Yeah, so strap in. It's This one's going to be really fun, because these are mm-hmm. all, like I said, they are, for the most part, terrible. There's a couple gems in here. We were actually surprised by a couple of them. So. Yeah, for the most part, these are vanity projects, or um, I want to believe a couple of these are jokes, but I'm not sure. None of them. <laughs> well, you know what? One of them might be. One of them has to be a joke. There's no other explanation. The rest is just arrogance, probably cocaine. And not having enough people around to pull you aside and be like, no. Mm -mm. So treasure those around you who tell you, I don't think this is for you. Because some people don't have them. Just thank God it's them instead of you. That's right. As Bono said in the Immortal Christmas Classic, (laughs) thank God it's them instead of you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, first first things first, before we get into any of that, we have old business to conduct. Yes, we do. From our Roadhouse Spectacular. Uh, We had two polls from this episode, one of which really surprised me. Yes. I was actually kind of surprised by both. All right. Yeah. So, our first poll was the best song in Roadhouse. 
We had When the Night Comes, These Arms of Mine, Cliff's Edge, and Hoochie Coochie Man. And with 41% of the vote, These Arms of Mine by Otis Redding won, which is good. That's what we all wanted. It's good. But it's it's also a uh, a demonstration that finally, for once, my Twitter people came through and actually outvoted your Twitter people. <laughs> I don't know what my Twitter people would have voted. They're a wild and crazy bunch. Um, and tied at 29% were When the Night Comes and Hoochie Coochie Man. Uh, Cliff's Edge by Patrick Swayze got nothing. So Patrick could have put out an album. He could be on this podcast. We could have a double dose of Patrick Swayze. A Patrick Swayze Christmas, if you will. But alas, he didn't chart. So, alack and alas, yes. yes. And then we posted a second poll. Which uh, which film had the better use of Shaboom, Roadhouse, or Clue? And 69% of you, <laughs> nice, <laughs> said Clue over Roadhouse. Which I'm a little disappointed, but like I understand. Mm-hmm. But I'm still mm-hmm. like a little disappointed. I mean, it's like they didn't even listen to the episode, mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Come on, get with it. But... Uh, I don't know. Have you noticed this? A lot more people have been posting about Roadhouse lately. Like, I don't know if it's been on TV or. I don't know. I think I think now is just the time of year that people really want to embrace the Roadhouse lifestyle. I think think so. We're getting near the end of the year and you think, you know, 12 months in, I haven't ripped out a single throat. You know, I know I'm going to do better. You know, I had one New Year's resolution this year and I've got, you know, three more weeks to make it happen. (laughs) So, uh, so I really, I, I posted this on Twitter the other day. I really think we should lobby to make Roadhouse a Christmas movie. I think Joel Hodgson started it. Well, I guess technically, technically, Crotey Robot started it because he was the one that wrote a Patrick Swayze Christmas. I mean, technically, technically, Michael J. Nelson started it. Yes, but I think that uh, I think we should lobby our senators and our congressmen to make uh roadhouse a christmas movie tom tillis if you have any spine whatsoever you will make this happen (laughs) help me out antonio delgado so (laughs) i actually have his press people's contact i should be like this is an issue that is very close to my heart could you introduce a resolution to make roadhouse a christmas movie (laughs) (laughs) oh wouldn't that be great oh okay so let's get started with tonight's hellish torture shall we Mm Hmm. tonight's uh Tour through a musical hellscape begins here. Yes. With Libby, uh, lead us off on this magical journey. All right. So uh, our number 10 song is uh, by Steven Seagal. It's from his album Songs from the Crystal Cave. It was his debut album, which is described as outsider country meets world music meets Aikido. (laughs) Yeah, it's called War. Let's uh, play a clip. There's always a story, but we never know what it's for. They say we're going to war, but it's never what we say we're fighting for. Greed, lies, and hate, murder, senseless killing. And it's all because of what? War! Well, it might be tobacco. Or it, might be it sounds like a reggae band falling down the stairs. <laughs> This one, I almost bought this as a joke for my friend Ian, because he's a big Steven Seagal fan. But my question is, what is it about actors and writing songs about like how like 
Oh, war is so terrible. How come no one has ever thought of this, that war is bad? I better write a song about it. Like, they all do it. They all write, like, songs about the troops. Like, really? I just, I don't understand it. It's like a thing with actors. I mean, I think it's that they have to, they have to play to that other side of, of, uh, I guess, the, the American people that they don't typically uh, consider their fans, you know, support our troops so-and-so and and i guess steven seagal decided the only way he could support our troops is by writing a reggae song about war yeah i i still don't get why steven seagal thinks he can do reggae i because again no one was there to be like you no this is not your genre you are no um he really pushes like the falsetto on this one and it sounds like a cat having an asthma attack (laughs) it's really terrible oh so and it's just again especially for a guy who's made his living on movies that depict violence as the solution to all things like Mm -hmm. he's a buddhist but all of his movies are about like kicking people in the face so like Um, maybe he's not the best representative we have of being like hey guys peace is a good option yeah i steven seagal is one of those guys who's always kind of vexed me like i'm in i'm into like if as far as action movies go like i'm into bruce willis i'm into like sylvester stallone and you know all those guys steven seagal is just the one that i never really clicked with me and i don't know what it is about him it's completely empty and vapid and also you're gonna rethink your love of bruce willis come very shortly i guarantee it. don't remind me <laughs> so Ugh. all right so what's your what's your next one what do you okay. have for me well when you gave me this idea for a list, I really tried to find something that I thought would be like a palatable at least. So, and and my first thought when when thinking about like actors who think they can be rock stars, I always go to Russell Crowe because his band had the one of the worst band names I've ever heard in my life. 30 odd foot of grunt. And the song that they are performing here with Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders, Never Be Alone Again. Okay, let's go to a clip. That is meant to be. I'll never be alone again. Like you love me. Makes me strong. I'll always be your friend. And again, he has an Oscar, so mm-hmm. you would think he would know better. Also, it's I want to know where that name comes from. Does anybody know? Write into us at OST Party on Twitter. Yeah, and the song itself, it sounds like it would be perfectly at home at the bottom of any soundtrack we've ever covered. Yes. You know? And I actually, I bought my mom this album for Festivus one year. Oh, wow. My mom loves Russell Crowe. This, I think, kind of changed the game for her. And I love The Pretenders. My mom loves The Pretenders. And I just really wonder, like, what is Chrissy Hine doing here? But then I remember that she's friends with Morrissey, so she makes, like, a lot of questionable decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, yeah. I mean, she sounds so clear and so beautiful. And he just sounds really tired and drunk. And, just, man, learn to enunciate, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. I mean, come on, man! You have an Oscar. Well, it ain't for it ain't for singing. I'll tell you that. Oh my God, and I mean, I, I I have this question: What is this 
genre that's like country-esque and twangy but it's hard but it's really watered down and it's also terrible like what is that genre yeah it's like kind of you split the difference between like new country and new rock and right there in the middle it's this yeah um but it's, it's also like vexing just because like you know he's australian and the only other australian like country singer i can think of is keith urban and even that, I don't quite understand why. Uh, I'm Dango not gonna. ate my baby, and I'm running out of beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is that how every like Keith Urban song goes? I don't know. I thought he was from Oklahoma. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Red Solo Kip, <laughs> I feel you, Ip. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh my god! I, I know that's Toby Keith. Don't don't send me angry letters. <laughs> They're all the same, honestly. It's they all, are exactly all of the same. It's all the same. They're all just fake white trash with money waving Trump flags around. So, but anyway, the the point still stands. That like, why did Russell Crowe think he could be a country singer? And it baffles me even further because, like, have you ever seen um the Les Misérables movie that he's in? No, specifically because I heard this album, knew he couldn't sing, and was like, I am not letting you take on Javert, you son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, and he he's in that, and he's singing in that, and it's somehow worse than this. Yeah, he just has the worst voice. I mean, it's the worst. He couldn't get a part in a community theater production, honestly. <laughs> I don't he know. Couldn't... I don't know why we all like Russell Crowe. He sucks. So you're saying he couldn't carry a tune with a basket? No. <laughs> no i just i don't i do not understand why we all decided we like russell crowe i like russell, uh, we're russell, over that right russell crowe has his place but it's not behind a microphone i just like i don't even get him as an actor i'm just like he is just like a sad clive owen <laughs> he just seems sad all the time he's a famous gerard butler <laughs> i guess i don't know i <laughs> It's just fun to make fun of Russell Crowe and he's Russell fighting Crowe, if you're around out the world. There, I'm sorry, yeah. So yeah, thirty out. I think thirty out foot of grunts had thirty out foot of grunt. It's not even plural. Like they, I think, had two albums, and then he finally realized this isn't working for me. Well, then his new band has an even dumber. He's name, got a it? new band, doesn't he? Is there a god? I'm starting to think there isn't. Well, there's no god, only chaos. Oh, where is it? I know he's got a new band. Oh my god, he he collaborated with Alan Doyle of the Canadian band Great Big C. If my mom finds out, she's going to lose her shit. Oh my god, I have to I have to stop this podcast right now and call my mother. <laughs> the ordinary oh. fear of god. The ordinary fear of god. Hmm. That sounds right. I I want to end this conversation of Russell Crowe by pointing out that the website for his former band is called gruntland.com. This is upsetting. <laughs> this is deeply, deeply upsetting. And you, you go, you click on the website, and there's just a picture of Russell Crowe look like giving some jackass a really shit eating look. <laughs> <sighs> Yikes! Yikes! So moving on from Thirty Odd Foot of Grunts, I yes, want to talk about another rock band by another action star. Um, this one actually called Dog Star. And the song is called Ride. Let's take a listen.
This one sounds like they're all playing bass. <laughs> yeah. It's like it everyone does. is on bass. And who is on bass in Dogstar? That's one Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Yeah. Not only does he know Kung Fu, he knows how to play bass for some I know, reason. which is pretty diesel. Um, lyrically, this one is really, 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 really stupid. But There's, it was yeah. also the early 90s when these guys formed. So I can kind of, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. I, my take on this song is basically, it's, it's like every Pixies song you've ever heard. It's like every it's like halfway between the Pixies and like every grunge like knockoff band ever. It's just that kind of sound. These guys would have sounded great on the Clark soundtrack. Oh yeah, you're right. Or Godzilla. Yeah. My, Godzilla might have I been a little it. late. Because really, like the lyrics don't even really matter for this song. It's more about just the guitars and the the and vibe all of that the, the bases, the four bases. Mm-hmm. The four bases, not to be confused with the four tenors. <laughs> That's a stupid joke I, I like that. <laughs> for nobody. Yeah, the vocalist is Greg Miller, and he's really channeling Paul Westerberg of The Replacements. The, mm, this one yeah. has like an extremely 90s sound, which I kind of like. Like If I didn't know Keanu Reeves was in this band, I would just think this was a regular uh, 90s band. Yeah, you could you could actually he- maybe hear this one on the radio and just not even think about it. Yeah, kind of tune it out. It's, it's 90s rock music. Yeah, and it, this one doesn't feel like a vanity project. No, like this actually feels like uh you know something Keanu was involved with. I mean, he's not in the band anymore. I think the band is no, the band is is defunct now. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, he wasn't in the band for the whole t- his whole you know the whole time, right? Yeah, um, I think he le- he left to pursue acting. So this was kind of right. a, an early gig for him. I think he you know done some acting, was in Dog Star, and then was like, I think I'm gonna go be in the Matrix. But this is a fun fact. Um. Several of their opening acts went on to become huge, including Rancid and Weezer. Wow. Weezer opened for Dogstar. <laughs> are you are you serious? <laughs> that's a that's a joke for uh, all one of you out there who are into astronomy. <laughs> so everybody in LA, I guess. No, that's astrology. <laughs> everybody in LA where there are where there are, are no stars because Yeah, but they all know pollution. what sign they are and what that means for their shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is like the first, uh, I think the first Dog Star like, song or music video ever. And... This might be the first video ever, like ever made from rocks. <laughs> it looks it's, like, it's... it looks terrible. It looks like somebody's last known photograph. It's, it's the music video equivalent of a cave painting, yes. <laughs> it's the Caves of Altamira, a yeah, music video much. production. Mm. And everyone is mumbling. And mm-hmm. the only my only issue with this is it took like forever to get going. Yeah, once it gets going, it's not too bad, but it's it's real slow and real dirgy and just Yeah, I was like, are there lyrics to this? Did I find the right version? I frankly would not have minded if there weren't lyrics to it. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah it's the just... other guy's so mumbly and his lyrics are stupid. It's just some grunge music and I feel like they're about to sell me a flannel t shirt. <laughs> they don't make t shirts out of flannel. What are you talking about? Anyway, you know this is not that bad comparative compared to what's coming later and what we've already. It's gonna get a lot worse. So, Libby, why don't you why don't you take the lead here? What's 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 coming up next? So this one is 
uh, Bruce Willis doing Secret Agent Man, parentheses, James Bond is back. Let's hear a clip. A pretty face can hide an evil mind. Careful what you say, you give yourself away. Odds are you won't live to see tomorrow. Secret. Now, this song was one of the ones that actually inspired this episode because I found a 45 of Bruce Willis's Respect Yourself from The Return of Bruno. That was kind of the quote unquote hit single. And I had The Return of Bruno on tape, which somebody bought for me as a joke. And I've always been fascinated by its existence because it is bafflingly bad. And we could have picked any song off this album and it would have have, fit we could have probably done the entire album in one countdown yes because it is all bad there is nothing (laughs) good about it except for the fact that it was produced by quincy jones and it features june pointer of the pointer sisters oh god it's incredibly well produced it's just bruce willis now this song in particular i'm not really sure what his point was the song Secret Agent Man is by Johnny Rivers, and it is from 1966, and you all know it. And It's it's literally the theme song for a spy series called Danger Man. Yes, and it's great. It's a great song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Bruce Willis thought, well, I'm going to ruin it because I'm a bad person. <laughs> and I don't know if he was like auditioning to be James Bond or what his plan was with this yeah because like this came out in 87 when like timothy dalton was james bond and like so we were in the middle of that but this song it sound okay this song sounds like bruce willis is trying to pitch a james bond tv series but what he's actually pitching is like baywatch nights (laughs) it sounds like baywatch nights the bond series and it's it opens with like crickets and gunshots and like feet on grass, which I'm sure would look great if we were watching it. But when you're just listening to it, it's very confusing. You're like, what is going on? And then there's this weird wall of sound with like all of the like voices filling him in on his mission. You can't make out a single word of them. And the whole sense of this song, the way Bruce Willis sing, and I use the word sings loosely. Oh, it yeah. sounds like he forgot he was recording ran all the way down the hall to the studio like screeched in like kramer and is out of breath and panting through this also he is just looking at the lyrics for the first time (laughs) it is a completely incompetent performance it's baffling who included this and this album the best thing i read about this album people magazine the best thing they could say about it was that his cover of Under the Boardwalk, which is also ex- like excretable, oh, was no. surprisingly okay. <laughs> I, I also want to point out that this is not the first time we've heard this song on this podcast. Wait, really? Because we also heard it in Spanish on the Rebo Man soundtrack. Yes, you're right, but it wasn't done by Bruce Willis. No, no. It, the plugs are much better than Bruce Willis. Yes, and this <laughs> song does not is not included in our James Bond countdown because Bruce Willis never got to be James Bond because nobody wants a chunky 
middle-aged American white trash idiot being James Bond. If we wanted that, we'd get Joe Don Baker. Nobody wants a James balding Bond, bartender to be James Bond. Yeah, it, but James Bond doesn't wear a vest over a t-shirt. <laughs> so the best oh. way I could describe uh, the whole album, especially the ti- the first song, Respect Yourself, is you know the song that they sing in Spaceballs when they're stealing all the air? Like the sort of like Spaceballs theme? We can oh, play a clip yeah. Here. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I could kind of hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really bad. I played "Respect Yourself" on an Evil Libby uh, record Saturday. She was quite pleased with it. <laughs> this sounds like the kind of thing Evil Libby would be really into. She is. She's evil. I did buy this album for another friend of mine, uh, Jeff Katz, the former mayor of Cooperstown and the writer of Split Season. He collects celebrity albums. He did not have this one, so oh, wow. I bought it for him. He was uh, less than pleased, I think. I think he was like pleased like that I have it, but also displeased that it's in his house now. See, I I wish I was as brave as you to like just buy records as jokes for people. <laughs> I'm not I'm I don't know. I'm not that brave and I I'm I worry that like they're going to look at me and go, "Are you crazy? Are you fr- Are you kidding? Are you, what is what is wrong with you, sir?" Well, that's record people are good people cuz we collect weird joke records. I mean, I I find things that I see like I should send this to Libby, and I'm like, no, she would really hate me for do this. it. Oh my god, do it! Because also, I I think I might have one that I'm gonna send to you, and you are gonna hate me. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be beautiful. So, all right, all right. What's up next? So up next is another one of those uh, uh, actors who likes to pre- pretend that he's a rock star, and th- in this case. It's um, <clears throat> Kevin Bacon and his oh, brother, no. the Bacon you know Brothers. know how I feel about Kevin Bacon. I know, but I have to do this. Oh, the Bacon Brothers performing Boys in Bars. Let's take a listen. So he always dragged for free. Johnny was a lover, and he taught everything to me. And we were boys in bars. song made me like angry (laughs) it made me viscerally angry like more than any other song on here the rest i was just sort of laughing at this one made me so mad see i kind of picked this one because you hate me i get it yes and also (laughs) because it feels like it never rises above a simmer like you can tell it wants to pop off and start to rock and it just can't quite get there well, it, because cause it kind of starts, it kind of cribs I Love Rock and Roll. Yeah, exactly. And then it decides to go into, like, something completely lightweight. It's it's what the Goo Goo Dolls sound like now. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Ke- like, Kevin Bacon starts, and he's not really singing. He's mostly just, like, talking the lyrics to you. And he doesn't, and it's a little bit more of that like kind of half country rock that we were talking about with Russell Crowe. It's not quite there, but it's like, it's it just feels lazy. But it's also in New York City, like, boy, where you think you're from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's this one. It's like Piano Man, but uglier somehow because he's describing all the people in the bar. 
And I didn't think there was anything worse than Piano Man because I hate that song more oh, than yeah. I've ever hated anything. And yet, and yet, and now there's this. Listen, this is the only time I'm ever going to get to make this declaration, so I'm going to take it now. Go for it. If if you out there are a bar owner or a a piano man, if you play Piano Man in a bar at nine o'clock on Saturday, I am legally allowed to take money out of your tip jar. <laughs> I agree. It's, that's the law. It's 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 just the law. That's it's how it is. It's always nine o'clock on a Saturday in hell. Oh God! I can't wait to die and go to heaven. <laughs> oh, I'm going to the bad place. I'm going to the <laughs> bad place, and I'm gonna get there, and it, I'm gonna think it's the good place, and I'll be like, oh, this is nice. A cocktail lounge. They'll be like, ladies and gentlemen, the Bacon Brothers with Billy Joel. And I'll be like, no, I'm in the bad place. Oh no. <laughs> That's how I'm, I'm, I'm bracing myself for it. Maybe that's why I like to do episodes like this, because they just like steal my resolve for when I end up in hell. Because you know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen. I just I've been prepared. So, Ugh. but yeah, no, this song and this, I feel this- like if it was not Kevin Bacon with his stupid mullet and his dumb face. Wouldn't be the worst, but he's basically a white trash Patrick Swayze. Yeah, I was kind of thinking like this would not be that out of place in Roadhouse, but it's also like too tame and too toothless for Roadhouse. I know this is like Roadhouse, the kids' version. Kids bop Roadhouse. (laughs) (laughs) This is a really bad idea podcast. (laughs) Hey, hey, Kids Bop Corporation. I got a million dollar idea for you. <laughs> Get a bunch of 10 year olds to come on and sing a bunch of Jeff Healy band songs. God, don't disrespect the memory of Jeff Healy like that. Okay. Have, have a bunch of nine year olds sing Hoochie Coochie, man. <laughs> Do it. I dare you. You will sell exactly one copy to me. <laughs> yes. Well, two. When he <laughs> buys me. one for me because oh. he hates me. Mm hmm. <laughs> So, I'll have to buy the second copy because Libby does not want that paper trail. No, no, I don't. <laughs> oh God! So that's boys and bars, everybody. It ends with all the. I'm like, I'm watching the music video right now, and it ends with all the boys in the bars like swaying hey, arm in arm, like they're all drunk as fuck, and they're about to just fall over singing this lame, sad Kevin Bacon song. And he's walking around because I pretty sure that's the upper west side i'm pretty sure that's the new york health and racket club that was near my old apartment because they do live on the upper west side my uh, friend used to see him and kara sedgwick like walking their dogs so that's like my old neighborhood and it makes me so angry like you get off those streets you son of a bitch (laughs) no Uh, poor libby i know this is this is bad this is getting worse it's getting worse by the minute it's supposed to be getting better but it's gonna be getting worse (laughs) Yeah, we really fucked up on this list. Speaking of worse, Livy, what's coming up next? Uh, what's next is uh, Robert Downey Jr. singing Broken. We're going to take it down a notch. We're going to get into a sad ballad by a sad man. For all you broken hearts out there. In these modern times, there'll be someone new every night. Some other love yarn to wrap my arms around no one else can understand i can't i can't stand to fly yeah this is the most 
that night. The most generic sad boy rock. This sounds like a Five for Fighting song. If Dave Matthews sang Five for Fighting, because he's really pushing that falsetto. He he really is. He's trying so hard. I know. He's so (laughs) beautiful. Okay. First things first. I didn't even know this album existed. What is this? I bought this this? album for my husband. It's called The Futurist. And my husband has a man crush on Robert Downey Jr. And I don't blame him. He's adorable. But I bought this as a joke. And I sent it to him so that it would arrive while I was away at grad school. So that I wouldn't have to listen to it. And he called me up. He's like, what is this? (laughs) Why did you do this? That's amazing. Yeah. It's really, he listened to it once, and it has been, like, sitting in a drawer ever since. Wow. It's really bad. My favorite thing about this is the first line of this album's Wikipedia entry calls this the debut studio album by Robert Downey Jr., implying that there are more. I think the reviews on this were so bad, and rightfully so, it's terrible, that he threw a tantrum and was like, well, you don't deserve my special singing sad boy poetry. So, a lot of these are, like, the debut and the last one bruce willis did have two albums as did robert downey jr but a lot of them didn't get that didn't get that coveted sophomore album well i mean this was in that period where um uh robert downey jr was still trying to make his way back you know to the a-list and i guess i guess he was at that point where he would do anything including make rock music apparently yeah it's you know you get to that point in your career where you're like well i guess i should probably try this Mm. um this one for as terrible as it is i get the sense because i think he wrote this Mm -hmm. like he's not doing a cover he's not fucking around like there's an earnestness to it He's not very good, but neither is every other teenager that's at your open mic night. Like, he's trying so hard. So I got to give him that. Like, he talks about this video that you can watch online about him putting this album together. And it's sort of, he said it was inspired by his Mm -hmm. ex-wife and what it must be like to, you know, deal with someone as broken as him. So, which on one hand, it's like, don't put yourself in her shoes. That's her life to live. On the other hand, at least it's not like my ex-wife's a bitch. So, barf. Yeah, it's at least it's coming. I think from a somewhat true, if not misguided, place. I can get behind that, I guess, but uh, it doesn't change the fact that this is a very whiny song. Oh yeah, and a very just. It's it sounds kind of desperate. Yeah, it's terrible. Now, believe it or not, Libby, you kind of backed us into the theme of our entire show because this song does appear. In the end credits of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, God, really? Yeah, that's... Why? You know what? Because Shane Black is a monster. Exactly, because he hates us all, but he loves him some Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's true. He would have had Robert Downey Jr. playing Gina Davis as part if he could have. Wait. What? In The Long Kiss Goodnight. I said kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Didn't oh, I? I know. I'm just, I was referencing our oh. other podcast, but you can cut oh, okay. back because it doesn't even make sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, now. I was like, was Gina Davis at kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and I missed it? No. Um, right. Someone okay. once described uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s vocal patter as the Flubberty Druthers, and they are on full display here. He does not have a single consonant in his head at this point. Not one he consonant even- comes out of his mouth. He even kind of slips into like a folk 
a faux British accent at one point. Yeah. Which I guess was kind of a thing. Madonna did it. I know. Yeah, that doesn't make it right. Well, no. God, no. That doesn't make it good. It just makes it a thing that happened. He wasn't even Sherlock Holmes yet. I don't know why he was doing it here. He had gone into the future, knew that he was going to be Sherlock Holmes, and then came back and recorded this album. Oh, right, because it's called The Futurist. Yeah, see? Dang. Okay, so this is a concept album. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is a time traveler, which explains his face. So which one of these songs is about Tropic Thunder? <laughs> that's a that's a forty five. You can only it's rare. Mm. It's it's vinyl only. <laughs> I'm really surprised that more of these haven't come out on vinyl. Like that, these people are just. I mean, I, uh, the return of Bruno did get a reissue. Well, it was it came out in the time when vinyl records were still like a thing. Well, no, but like it got a. a I don't know if the vinyl itself got a reissue, but the album got a reissue. Oh, okay, okay. In the late two thousands. Wow. Like, why? Two, I don't know. <laughs> but again, like that. What's fascinating about that one is that it was a major label. It's on Motown Records. Oh yeah, and like, a lot of was... these are indie labels, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of these are like indie labels or like the artist's pet label mm-hmm. or people doing the artist a favor, things like yeah. that. But a couple of these, uh, we'll get to another one shortly, were, I mean, they're major label releases. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Friends in high places. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> Apparently. Talent, who cares? So, yeah, why not? who cares? What do you have next? So I'm going to stretch the definition of what we're doing here just a little bit, because the next one on our list, he does technically act, so I'm saying it counts, is this next song is by Stephen King. And yes, you heard that right. Um, Because Stephen King and a lot of other uh, writers out there are in a collective band called... The Rock Bottom Remainders. Thank you. (laughs) And this isn't that band, but... That was kind of my starting point for finding this song, because I then discovered there is an entire album of songs performed by your favorite artists called Stranger Than Fiction, (laughs) with liner notes written by Warren Zevon. Yes, he was a big fan of the Rock Bottom Remainders. He was friends with Carl Hyacinth, with Dave Barry, and Stephen King, and they're, you know what, I'll get to my story after we play a clip. This is Stephen King covering Bo Diddley's Bo Diddley. <laughs> Bo Diddley bought a diamond ring If that diamond ring don't shine He's gonna take it to a private eye If that private eye don't see Better not take that ring from me This one's actually pretty good. It's not. It's actually not terrible. Yeah, I picked it because it's kind of inex- inexplicable. Like, why would Stephen King cover Bo Diddley? But you know, he why he not? does it okay. Yeah, he does, he does it, it some, right. some fair justice. Now, uh, going back to our episode on the color of money, uh, Stephen King and the Rock Bottom Remainders wanted to play with Warren Zevon. They were doing a show, and they said, "Well, we want to play." werewolves of london and warren zevon you know, kind of rolled his eyes but he's like i'll do it but stephen king has to sing it <laughs> and he did good for wow. him yeah i i tried to find that on youtube and it doesn't appear that it exists no i think it was at a at a concert in the early 90s uh yeah so. there there are some uh rock bottom remainders uh videos on youtube and a lot of them are fun 
A lot of them yeah. are a lot of fun. Yeah, so. they played the Miami Book Fair a couple of years ago, and they have an auction there every year. And one of the things you could bid on was a chance to play with the Rock Bottom Remainders. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had to stop one of my friends from bidding on it. I'm like, one, we're not going to the Miami Book Fair. And two, you don't have that kind of money. He's like, but. I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know, buddy. Well, Warren Zevon once again. Yeah, no, actually, this this was one of the better songs. I actually, I... I didn't hate this. Yeah, but when you listen to it, you can really hear the 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 main backwoods accent in Stephen King's voice. Oh like, yeah, it, it's it really comes through in his singing. Mm-hmm. And um, All I don't. That know, it's just moxie and <laughs> coffee yep. liqueur. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a novelty to hear Stephen King sing. Like he's. When you see him act in things like Creepshow or basically any adaptation of any of his books, he's really a terrible actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's so entertaining. Like, he knows he's a bad actor and he really makes it work for him. And I think he kind of brings a little bit of that energy here. Like he knows he's probably shouldn't be doing this song, so he's just going to have fun with it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it works. You can respect someone who's kind of having fun. Yeah. I mean, so. he's he's kind of earned earned the the uh earned the right to have a little bit of fun like this. Yeah, so, he's Stephen King. He can do whatever he wants. Why Although, not? Um, I gotta say, you know, just with Dr. Sleep having just finished a run in theaters, there was a time where they wanted Ewan McGregor to record an album, and he, and he has a beautiful voice. I've seen him live. I saw him do Guys and Dolls in a role that was then passed on to Patrick Swayze. Really? Incidentally, yes. The role of Sky Masterson. But um, the I'm really glad he didn't. Because it would have been terrible. Rockstar <laughs> albums are uniformly terrible. They're a terrible genre. Yeah, I, it's it, it. It would never have gotten out of the shadow of his, you know, movie stardom. They never do. Yeah, and because again, they're usually packaged very quickly. They're almost always either covers or worse. They're like Robert Downey Jr. and they're just your bad poetry no one can be all things <laughs> but some people can be many things which takes us to libby's next choice libby enlighten us if by many things you mean creepy and terrifying we've got uh crispin glover with a cover of uh, nancy sinatra's these boots are made for walking <laughs> let's go to a clip This is what a nervous breakdown sounds like. When this came on in the car earlier tonight, I let out the most like guttural instinctive like what? <laughs> I just I I was beside myself. <laughs> now I learned about this one actually. Uh Kevin Murphy had written an article about celebrity albums and he brought this one to my attention. <laughs> and I was like this can't be real. And it was. And it, it was as real. ridiculous as he described. Now, it, this, it, like, if they made Saw the musical, I feel like this is what it would sound like. 
Yeah, like this is this is a, an endurance challenge of a song. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how long my husband could hold out. He's like, no. What is this? I'm like, it's Crispin Glover. Uh, George McFly. McFly doing. himself, yes. I mean, I know that Crispin Glover nowadays and for the last like 15, 20 years has been that kind of an oddball sort of reclusive uh, artist type. But... I I don't have the words for this one. I really yeah. don't. It's bizarre and creepy and terrifying. And you just sort of wonder, like, what was going through his mind when he recorded this? Was he being held hostage? Like, what? what is this? Why is this happening to us? What have we done? He, I have to imagine he lost a bet. <laughs> Maybe? And the, <laughs> the bet was, you have to record a Nancy Sinatra song. But, like... At the same time, we've seen a pattern with all these, all the others. They are overwrought and sort of ridiculous, but without knowing it. And he kind of knows it, which I like. I, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think he knows. I mean, obviously, he knows how ridiculous he sounds. Yeah. And so it's he's going to cool. lean into it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, he does something really different with it. And I like that. I respect it. I'm never going to listen to it again. <laughs> but I, no. I respect the artistry. I respect him doing something kind of weird. Yeah. Where else are you going to get that kind of a commitment from an artist? Exactly. So Ugh. We're nearing the good stuff in our countdown. So, Joe, what do you have for us? We're almost, to the, we're almost at the good place. That's the only good place reference you'll ever hear from me. Oh. Okay. Okay. This next one is a song that I literally discovered uh, earlier this weekend. Uh, while I was out record shopping, and I pulled this record out from the uh, the stack of you know recent arrivals at my local record store, and I, I just pulled a record up, and there's there's Burt Reynolds staring at me. <laughs> Is this a cover of Danger Zone? No, unfortunately, it's not. Damn. Oh, that would have been great. No, this is from 1974. This is a song called She's Taken a Gentle Lover. Let's take a listen. Trees and blues, and avenues. She hosts the boulevards that she never knew. She's taken a gentle lover. They sit there and wind together in a bar they call Golden Eye. I like the deep monologue at the beginning. You feel like he's sitting in an armchair. Yeah, like he's getting ready to tell you a story. Yeah, it's very country. Mm-hmm. He's got a cowboy hat on in the front. Please tell me you bought this album, like on vinyl. I didn't. Go back. Get Okay, get in your car right now. I'll take care of the podcast. You just go and <laughs> you drive it. You go get it. Because if you don't, I'm going to find it and buy it for you. Listen, there is no conceivable way that anybody else would have picked it up. <laughs> You don't know they will. They'll hear this, and you get that album tomorrow. No promises. <laughs> but this, relative to um, the Bacon Brothers and Thirty Odd Foot of Grunts, this is a legitimate, honest to goodness sort of country song, country yeah. folk song. And this was produced by uh, Bobby Goldsboro, who mm-hmm. wrote the song "Honey," which Dave Barry says is one of the worst songs ever written. Okay. So going back to our rock bottom remainders there, all ties together. There you but, go. But um, Bobby Goldsboro produced and sang a lot of this sort of twangy, easy listening 70s, ext- like extremely 70s shag carpet music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
But um, he has a lecture about triangles in the beginning. He says, well, sometimes the triangles, only one side is straight. And I'm like, okay, I think I know where this is going. Uh, and I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like it. Kind of like, yeah, you know what, girl? Go. Live your truth. There you go. Yeah. So we're, I mean, this, this is a song about a, about a couple that goes to a bar and sips wine, and it makes you wonder, hmm, what kind of people are these? Yeah, she's either dating a gay guy, which is also, you know what? I'm not going to judge. People come in all all stripes. That's right. Or she's dating a woman, and I think she's dating a woman. So that's her gentle lover, and I'm happy for her. And I think and, he is, too. Yeah, I, I, I want to I say that the, uh, the tone that Burt Reynolds takes here is he's... You know, he's into it. And he's, but not in like a male gaze way. I think he's sad that his relationship is over, but I think he's happy that she's found someone. Mm-hmm. That, that That's kind of the Burt Reynolds that I've always uh, grown up with is just the Burt Reynolds who, you know, he he's comfortable in his manliness and he's okay and, for everybody else to have theirs. And yeah, or their, and why shouldn't he be? Live, live your truth, ladies. Yeah. Just live your truth. Find Find yourself a gentle lover. That's right. So... And speaking of gentle lovers, we've got our last one. Oh my it's goodness! The Man for All Seasons. This is the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, featuring our very own Earth Girls Are Easy, Jeff Goldblum, uh, covering "Little Boy, You've Had a Busy Day." Let's go to a clip. Put away your gun. The war is over for tonight. Time to stop your scheming Time the day is through Can't you hear the bugle softly say Time you should be dreaming Okay, so again, I have to ask the question, what is this? This, well, Jeff Goldblum has been a jazz pianist since he was a little kid. He took piano lessons and he kept up with it and he has played with the mildred snitzer orchestra in la for 20 years this is he is bona fide and a couple years ago he released uh, an album called the uh capital studio sessions and it's pretty good this i picked this song it's not the best on the album and this is from i shouldn't be telling you this which just came out i did review it for consequence of sound and i loved it uh, I picked this one because this is the one that he sings vocals on. And he's got this wonderful uh, atonal sound in places. It's gentle and it's lovely and it's very Goldblum. And I just, I, I'm really into this kind of jazz. It's, I just, I like listening to it. And this is the album Closer. And it really does sound like a lullaby at the end of the day. It is kind of the perfect song to end this list. Yeah. Um, I, I tried to listen to this and think about how this would sound to me if I didn't know who Jeff Goldblum was. I wasn't aware of who he was or what his voice sounded like. I just heard this song on its own. Like, what would I think of it? And um, yeah, it's it's very, um, what's the word? It, it's got a very odd tone to it. Yeah. Well, he's got really great jazz phrasing. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of bona fide jazz artists on this um, this album, and I really recommend you check it out. Uh, it also brings in some not jazz people, including uh, Miley Cyrus. 
her track huh. is the worst track on the album because she has no sense of phrasing and she's doing that thing where you like yell sing and Christina Aguilera did this on the oh album Back to Basics with her stupid yell singing and you know what you can't just put on red lipstick and yell and be like I'm a 40s girl yo like that's not how it works just because you're belting out at last doesn't mean you have any understanding of what is really behind jazz because jazz is so much more than that and I don't have a language to describe that I just know when I hear it and I really don't like the whole yell singing that Miley Cyrus does on this album, especially because she's immediately followed up by Fiona Apple, who just wipes the fucking floor with her. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Yeah. This is this is a really, really, really great album. It's a lot better than the, the first one, but they're both on DECA. And again, talk about major labels. This is this is not a vanity project. This is his stuff is legitimate. I mean, he, like I said, he's He's played, uh, he's had a standing venue for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So when I reviewed this album, they liked my review so much that they offered me tickets to see him play in New York. Whoa. And I couldn't go because I had to work. Oh, God. It was the worst thing. I know. Because I could have been in the room with him and I'm still young enough to be his wife. He does like them on the younger side. I think I'm about the same age as his wife. I could be the future ex Mrs. Malcolm. It's just not gonna work out. But alas, I know stupid. It was work. not to be. I should have just quit my job. Honestly, <laughs> like fuck you. I'm going to see Jeff Goldblum. I'm gonna become his. I will be his bride. You know, worst case scenario, that's a pretty good story to tell your next employer. Yeah, I quit my but... job because Jeff Goldblum was playing. Yeah. I wanted to be his new wife. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. I'd do anything for him. I think he's hot. Yeah. For more yeah. thoughts on Jeff Goldblum, please listen to our Earth Girls Are Easy episode. Yes. Because I got thoughts. Why not? So. Libby got all them thoughts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this has been uh, nine songs by nine actors and one song by a writer who also acts. And I feel like over the course of this hour, we have um, we've really illustrated to you why actors playing rock music really doesn't work and yet they continued we could have picked so many more songs we didn't even touch on billy bob thornton there are there are a lot of these and we could probably do another episode heck we could do 20 next time don't think this is the last time you're gonna hear from us libby this episode was like pulling teeth for me how many teeth do you think i have (laughs) A lot, and they're all coming out, buddy. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't talk about uh, Joe Pesci's album. Ooh, I thought about that one, yeah. Oh, yes. Or or Christopher Lee's metal album? Come on. Mm, there's, a, there's a good one. Um, you know, there's you know so many misguided uh, attempts from actors to play music, but there's also like some really legitimate ones too. Mm-hmm. And you know, we could have we could have dug deep into like the whole list of like actors with punk bands, like Peter Dinklage or Juliette Lewis, but we didn't. Yes, because we wanted to hurt you just before Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! <laughs> but speaking of Christmas, we have a Christmas episode coming up. So what are we doing? 
Uh, speaking of Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, uh, next time on the show, just in time for Christmas, we're covering the soundtrack to Home Alone 2. All right. I can't wait. I Neither am actually I. very excited. I am too. It'll be a nice I... antidote to this. Also, I wanted to do the Star Wars Holiday Special, but it's Joe's turn to pick, so. <laughs> next year. Listen, I am not drunk enough to to tackle that, okay? And I no. guarantee you I won't be ready. <laughs> no one is. I already did a podcast about it. See our show notes for more information. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Libby, uh, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me at Libby Cudmore on Twitter and at record underscore Saturday on Instagram. You can also uh, listen to my thoughts on the FX TV show, The Shield, over at the Shattered Shield podcast. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cordial Wombat or on the Christmas Creeps podcast at Christmas Creeps. Our Christmas Day episode is coming up very quickly. It is very much not a Christmas movie. I am excited for that. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so uh, before we go, you know, I want to stress to you how important it is for you to come and visit us on Twitter at uh, OST Party for our poll for which of these songs is the best and or worst, whichever <laughs> we decide. And to please uh, send us emails at ostpartypod at gmail.com uh, or leave us a star rating and review on your uh, podcast player of choice that lets people know this is a show worth listening to because we love this show and we hope you love it too. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't do this if we didn't. Absolutely. Uh, so until next time, I'm Joseph Wade. And I'm Libby Cudmore. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Uh-oh, Tiger's whistle. You know what that means. Tiger's whistle's blowing. Means we must be going. No more Russell crowing for you. But now don't you start to whine. I'll see you again next time. Because there's plenty of more of fighting left to do. Making movies, making songs, and fighting round the world.